Chapter 25 of Titus, A Comrade of the Cross. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brian Middleton. Titus, A Comrade of the Cross by Florence M. Kingsley. Chapter 25. Yonder is a man bearing a pitcher. Dost see him? He is about to turn up the street. I see him, said Peter, looking earnestly in the direction in which Don was pointing. Let us follow quickly, lest he escape out of our sight. So the two followed the man, who presently paused before the gateway of a house, seemingly that of a well-to-do family. The two entered boldly in after the pitcher-bearer, who turned to stare at them with amazement. We would see the master of the house, said Peter authoritatively. The man made obeisance. Wait here for a moment, good sirs, and I will fetch him, he said, looking curiously at the two. Presently he returned, followed by an elderly man. If thou art the master of the house, said Peter, fixing his eyes upon him, I have a message for thee. The man bowed his head. Speak, he replied, and I will listen. This is my message, continued Peter. The master saith unto thee, where is the guest-chamber, where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples? "'Tis a word I received in my dream,' murmured the man, as if to himself. "'Lo, I have prepared the chamber, and it is ready. Follow me.' They followed him, and he showed them a large upper room, furnished with everything needful for the feast, and they made ready for the Passover. And when it was evening, Jesus came with his disciples, that they might eat of the supper. As they reclined at the table, Jesus being in the midst, he looked about upon the twelve and said, With desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say unto you, I will not any more eat thereof, until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. As they were eating, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were all astonished and exceedingly sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? Now John, who was especially beloved by the master, was next to him at the table. Peter, looking at him attentively, motioned that he should ask Jesus who it was of whom he had spoken. And John said very softly, so as to be heard by no one save the master, Lord, who is it? And Jesus, in the same low tone, made answer, "'Tis he to whom I shall give a morsel of bread when I have dipped it in the dish." Then breaking from the thin cake of bread before him a fragment, he rolled it up, and dipping it into the dish, gave it to Judas Iscariot. As Judas accepted this little token of friendship from the hand of him whom he had once loved, all the awful passions of his soul broke their bonds. He started up, his eyes blazing with an evil light. Jesus looked at him and said, still in a low voice, What thou doest, do quickly. And unable to bear the look in those eyes, Jesus slunk out of the room and hurried away into the darkness, muttering fiercely to himself. When he had gone, Jesus said to the eleven, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. 
little children, yet a little while I am with you. Ye shall seek me, but whether I go, ye cannot come. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, even as I have loved you. And he took bread, and blessed it, and brake it, and gave to the disciples, and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And he took the cup, and gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. This do ye as often as ye shall drink it, in remembrance of me. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Then Peter said to him, Lord, where is it that thou art going? For he was perplexed and sorrowful, as were they all. Jesus answered him, Whether I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Lord, why cannot I follow thee now? insisted Peter anxiously. I will lay down my life for thy sake. Jesus looked at him sorrowfully as he answered, Every one of you shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen, I will go before you into Galilee. Though all men should be offended because of thee, declared Peter passionately, yet I will never be offended. Simon, Simon, said the Lord warningly, Behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. But Peter answered him yet again, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. Then Jesus said sadly, Verily I say unto thee, that this day, even in this night, before the cock crow twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. If I should die with thee, cried Peter vehemently, I will not deny thee in any way. And all the others said the same. Then Jesus had compassion on them, as he thought of all that they must suffer in the future. And he said many sweet and comforting things to them, which, though they forgot in the terror and confusion that shortly followed, John afterward remembered and wrote of it all. And it hath come down to us even to this day. Likewise he prayed with them. After that they sang a last hymn together, and went forth into the night. Now when they were come to the Mount of Olives, they went into the garden there, called Gethsemane, which is being interpreted the oil press, for many great olive trees grew therein, and there was also a stone trough, where, in the season, it was accustomed to tread the oil from the ripe fruit. It was a calm and peaceful spot, well beloved by the master as a place of prayer and rest. Overhead, the great Passover moon shed a flood of mellow light, which, sifting through the new leaves, lay in silvery patches on the ground beneath. As they entered the garden, Jesus said to his disciples, Sit ye here, while I go and pray yonder. Then, taking Peter and James and John, he passed further on 
among the gnarled trunks of the olives. My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death, he said at length, his eyes dim with anguish. Tarry ye here and watch. And the three stopped, as they were bidden, throwing themselves down on the soft spring grass to wait his pleasure. And he went from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down, and they heard him praying, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. If thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And as they sat apart and watched him there, a confused drowsiness and heaviness of spirit fell upon them, so that they could no longer see nor hear distinctly. They fancied that they discerned dimly the radiant figure of an angel stooping over that prostrate form, or was it but the sliver of light of the moonbeams falling interruptedly through the branches? Their spirits were drowned in that strange slumber which held them fast, so that they could not move, though they dimly knew his agony. Was it only the sleep of tired men, or was it that omnipotence deemed the scene too sacred for mortal eyes to look upon? But, that as it may, the man Jesus sorely longed for human sympathy, and when he came, his brow crimsoned with the anguish of his soul, and found them asleep, he cried with bitter disappointment, What, Simon, could ye not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. Then tenderly, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Then he went away the second time and prayed, saying, O oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Neither could they, when he awoke them, in the dim confusion of their senses, make him any answer. Verily, might he have said in the words of David, Thy rebuke hath broken my heart. I am full of heaviness. I looked for someone to have pity on me, but there was no man, neither found I any to comfort me. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Afterward, coming to his disciples, he found them still sleeping. Looking at them compassionately, he said, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour hath drawn near, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Then he raised himself up and listened intently. The hour was even now come, for he heard the sound of trampling feet and caught the glimmer of torches through the darkness. Turning to the sleepers, he cried aloud, Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betrayeth me. How knowest thou that we shall find him yonder? queried Yachadim impatiently as he stumbled along at the sight of Judas through the half-darkness. The man looked up, and by the irregular flame of the torch which he carried, Yachadim caught the look on his face, and hardened as he was, he recoiled from it. He will be there. I know the place well. He goeth there to pray. Thou knowest that we must lose no time, said Yachanan, half apologetically. 
he had an unaccountable horror of this man. What thou doest, do quickly. They were his words to me, said Judas. Again, Yakinen felt that icy shiver. Oh, the wind is chill, he said, wrapping his cloak closer around him. Judas laughed long and loud and muttered something to himself. How shall we be sure of seizing the right man? We'd be fortunate enough to find him, continued Yakinen. The man laughed again, a mirthless sound and terrible to hear. I shall kiss him, he answered. Yakinen wrapped his cloak still closer around him. The man is a devil, he muttered. I wish I had compelled Iskar to come. He is too dainty fine, though, for an errand like this. Then he spoke no more, save to give a few sharp orders to the irregular mob of temple police and Roman soldiers which followed them. This is the place, said Judas at length, pausing before what dimly appeared to be a stone gateway. Follow where I lead. And he strode away into an uncertain darkness of the garden. This fellow is mad, said Yakinen impatiently to Malchus. T'were impossible to capture the man in a place like this. He hath a thousand chances to escape. But even as he spoke, he caught at the arm of the high priest's servant. Who is that yonder? Malchus looked and saw in the half-darkness the figure of a man. Did he imagine it? Or was there a mysterious brightness, a dim shining? Hark! There was a voice. Whom seek ye? All were silent for a moment, save the hiss of an awed whisper among the superstitious soldiers. Then Yachnan, gathering courage, said boldly, We seek Jesus of Nazareth. And the answer came calm and clear, I am he. Something in that voice struck terror to the cowardly hearts of the mob. Starting back with a common impulse, they stumbled confusedly over one another, with muttered imprecations and cries of fear. Again the voice and the question, Whom seek ye? Again they made answer, Jesus of Nazareth. I have told you that I am he. If therefore ye seek me, let these go their way. That the saying might be fulfilled, which he spake, Of them which thou gavest me, have I lost none. And Judas, peering sharply into the darkness, saw that the other disciples were there also, albeit shrinking fearfully in the background. Then all the old, long-smothered hate and envy burst forth within him. He started forward with a bound like that of a wild animal, and grasping the arm of Jesus cried aloud, Hail, Rabbi, and kissed him. The others looked to see him smitten to the earth. But the master only said sorrowfully, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? At this Peter started forward impetuously. Lord, shall we smite with the sword, he cried, and without awaiting the answer he drew his weapon, and with a fierce but badly aimed blow struck off the ear of the high priest's servant who was advancing to lay hold on Jesus. Peter. Put up thy sword into the sheath, said the calm, authoritative voice of the master. The cup which my father hath given me, shall I not drink it? Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me 
more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? Then, turning to the soldiers who had grasped him tightly by the arms, he said, Suffer ye thus far. And reaching forth his hand, he touched the wounded man and healed him. Yachanan and the officers of the temple, forgetting their fears, were now crowding around him with insulting curiosity. To them he said, Are ye come out as against a thief, with swords and with staves, for to take me? I sat daily with you, teaching in the temple, and ye laid no hold on me. But this is your hour, and the power of darkness. When the disciples heard these ill-omened words, they were panic-stricken, given one last terrified glance at their master and lord, apparently helpless in the brutal grasp of the mob. They all forsook him and fled. Now it chanced that a friendless lad, weary after a long day of wandering, had sunken down in the shelter of the wall to sleep. He had removed his outer garment, using it as a coverlet from the cold night dews and had rolled others of his garments into a pillow for his head. Steeped in the heavy slumber of sorrow and loneliness, he had heard nothing of the disturbance at first, but the triumphant shout as the mob passed out of the gateway aroused him, and a chance word from one of them brought him to his feet in an instant. The Nazarene? Could it be? Without stopping an instant to reflect, he seized his abba and flinging it over his shoulders ran after the retreating throng. In a moment he had caught up with them, and the red glare of a torch falling upon him revealed him plainly to the soldiers who brought up the rear. Starting forward, one of them seized him by the garment, crying out as he did so, Here is one of them now. Let us take him also. But at that he slipped away leaving his linen abba in the hands of the soldier who gaped stupidly after him as he fled half-naked into the darkness. End of chapter 25